Hope you hear that knocking sound. It's not the mailman. It's not UPS. It's the weekend coming into your door. And why not kick it off by listening to Speaking For Him podcast? Because here we are. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. Uh, this is Andrew. And if you're anything like me, when you have your favorite podcasts, um, sometimes they're only once a week and you wish they would be more often or and you wish sometimes that the week would go faster so that you can listen to the next episode. I hope that some of you feel that way about the Speaking for Him podcast. And it goes into what we're going to talk about today because we're talking about patience. A few weeks ago, we uh, shared the intro to a series that we're going to be doing on Christian virtues. And uh, so this is the first one we're going to tackle. And Adam is going to get us started with a quote of the day. There is nothing which so certifies the genuineness of a man's faith as his patience and his patient endurance, his keeping on steadily in spite of everything. That is from Martin Lloyd-Jones. All right, and Adam, as we get started, can you read for us the definition of patience? Absolutely. Uh, The definition of patience is the suffering of afflictions, pain, toil, calamity, provocation, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper has endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. Patience may spring from constitutional fortitude, from a kind of heroic pride, or from Christian submission to the divine will. Patience is also a calm temper which bears evils without murmuring or discontent and is also the act or quality of waiting long for justice or expected good without discontent. Like from Matthew 18 where it says, Have patience with me and I will pay thee. Patience is also perseverance and constancy in in labor or exertion and just like it says out of the bible too he learnt with patience and with meekness taught patience is also the quality of bearing offenses and injuries without anger or revenge such as from the bible his rage was kindled and his patience gone patience is also sufferance permission and all right thank you adam you're welcome for that definition and uh, um This definition comes from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and I really like the way that it uses Scripture um, as tie-ins. The first story that it talks about uh, is in Matthew 18 about the unjust servant who, uh, first he owed a lot of money, and he said to the king, "I, I have patience with me and I'll pay you all, but it was a huge amount that he never would have been able to pay, and the king said, okay, I know you can't pay me. I'll forgive you. Then he went out to his friend who owed him a lot less. Um, some say it was the equivalent of $20 as opposed to $20,000. Um, let us just use that as a modern, uh, modern picture. And he goes to the man and he says, pay me what you owe or I'll throw you in prison. And the man says, have patience and I'll pay you all. And part of the ir- irony is the man probably could have paid him after a fairly short time, at least by comparison to his own debt. And he threw the man in prison despite that fact. And then the king rescinded his offer and sent him to the debtor's prison because he heard what happened from one of the servants. And so that's just a good example of what can happen when we fail to be patient. And I want to share with you today um, the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph's story is found in the book of Genesis, um, chapters 37 to 50. I would encourage you to read the whole thing. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to read it for you because that would be a very long podcast. 
and I want to encourage people to read it themselves, but I'm going to tell it. Joseph was the, I think he was the 11th of, he was either the 11th or 12th of 13 children. I'm not sure where Dinah fit in, but of her, of his brothers, because there was 12 brothers and one sister, of his brothers, he was the 11th of 12. And his father had a unique situation in that he was married to four women. That is not something that we do in our culture, and it is not something that God recommends. He says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Singular, not wives, plural. Now, I'm having a hard enough time getting one wife. (laughs) I can only imagine having four or even more. But that is neither here nor there, so let's continue the story. Um, Because Joseph was the oldest son of Rachel, Jacob's favorite wife, which is one of the things that happens when you have more than one wife, is that you might end up with a favorite. He became the favorite son, and Jacob gave him a coat of many colors, um, which I, in my studies about this in the past and hearing people preach about it, I've heard that people do similar things for often the oldest son. So all these brothers that are older than him immediately resent him for, for what he did or for what the father did to him. And then they decide to get rid of their brother. Originally, they're going to kill him. Reuben, the oldest, says, don't kill him. And then while Reuben's gone, they sell him into slavery. He goes and God is with him the whole way. And this is where the patience comes in. Because he's a, he's a slave first. And this is not a good situation. Nobody wants to be a slave. But he's so good at his work that Potiphar, the person who owns him, puts him in charge of his whole household, doesn't even think about anything going on in his household because he trusts, jo- trusts Joseph implicitly. And why is Joseph so good at these things? It's because the Lord is with him. And then... Joseph, then Potiphar's wife takes a liking to him, wants him to sin with her and have an inappropriate relationship with her. So he runs out. Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him. So Potiphar puts him in prison. Again, this is the last place Joseph uh, thought he would be, especially since he had dreams of, of being in a position where his siblings and his parents would bow down. And so he's in prison, but once again, the Lord is with him, and he gets a leadership post. Then, a few years later, after the cupbearer forgets about him for a while, um, when he gets put back into his position, because the cupbearer and the the baker were put in prison, the royal cupbearer and the royal baker, and one of them was killed, and one of them was restored to their position, just as Joseph had said. And so finally... Um, several years later, the king has a dream, and the cupbearer remembers, hey, there's this guy in prison who can interpret dreams. So Joseph shaves and showers and goes before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, I heard that you can interpret dreams. And he said, no, but there is a God in Israel, or there is a God in heaven who will give you the answer that you desire. And then Joseph proceeds to tell the king that through his dreams, God is communicating to him that there will be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And then um, Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of 
Egypt in the same way he was in charge of Potiphar's house in the same way he was in charge of um, the prison. And it's actually written this way in the Bible. It says, no one will lift their foot without your say-so. Now, I don't think it's literally saying they won't go anywhere without your say-so. But I think what it's saying is everything that goes on in Egypt has to meet with your approval. That's how high of a ruler he was. And then he saved his uh, siblings who did bow down to him. They didn't recognize him in Egypt. I always find it interesting that he recognizes them, but they didn't recognize yeah. him. So I don't know exactly how that worked, maybe because they were so much older um, when he was young, that he they didn't change as much as him. That's quite possibly uh, one reason, but whatever, for whatever reason, and finally, through a series of events, um, the whole uh, nation of Israel, which at that time was the family of Jacob, comes to Egypt to stay um, to survive the famine. And so throughout that story, you just see different parts of patience because Joseph gets this inkling that he's going to do something really important for God where his family's going to bow down before him because of his position. But God has some refining to do in Joseph, and so he puts him through a series of trials unlike anything I would wish on anybody, and I hope that you don't have to go into anything that bad. But God will often put us through trials um, to make it clear to us that he is the one guiding and directing. Another thing I often like to reference is that God will often... uh, give us a vision, make it impossible for us to do it, and then do it through us and get the credit. Adam, do you have any thoughts? Um, boy, off the, off the long story there, (laughs) my, um, my, my thoughts on it is putting it all together is we see how, uh, God was faithful and what point Joseph got to, but notice, notice how it took a while. Cause like you mentioned, it was over years when you read it in the Bible, or if you've ever seen the, I think DreamWorks Pictures, Prince of uh, Joseph, King of Dreams, Prince of Egypt, yeah, and that one too. Um, you know, they make it seem like it goes really quick within an hour and a half, but it took years for him to go to that point where he was in prison, where Joseph fact, suffered. I think he was in prison for seven years after the cupbearer went back to his position. Yeah, <laughs> because it says, "Remember me to Pharaoh when you get out," and it says that the cupbearer forgot Joseph. That's right. Until the time that that uh, Pharaoh had a dream. But it's important to note that God never forgot. Mm-hmm. And everywhere that Joseph went, whether it was whether it was Pharaoh's house or prison, think about how contrasting those two things are. Wherever he went, from Potiphar's to Pharaoh to prison to Pharaoh's, he was always given a leadership post because he was a godly man who followed God despite all the horrible things that were going on in his life. And if you think about it this way too, he was following God when there was no written scriptures. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in the first book. Right. <laughs> yeah, so what do, you, what do you take from, you know? So the scriptures hadn't been written yet. The only thing he knew of God was undoubtedly what Abraham or not, not, not what Abraham, what uh, Jacob told him about his grandfather Abraham, who was known as a friend of God. 
And so Abraham passes on to Isaac. Isaac passes it on to Jacob. And Jacob passes it on to Joseph, which saves the whole nation of Israel. And, of course, Moses would have to save them again 400 years later. But you'll have to read about that and hear about that maybe another time. But the point being that Joseph had to be patient. Mm Mm-hmm. And even if he didn't feel like being patient, even if he didn't feel patient, he really didn't have much of a choice, especially when he was in prison. Like, you're in prison. You can't do anything about it. Right. Uh, you just have to be patient. And like I said, I'm pretty sure he waited like seven years after the cupbearer was released from prison. And who knows how long he was there before then. But um, God was faithful to Joseph. He gave him, um, the Pharaoh gave him a wife. And he had two children while he was serving um, as the Pharaoh's vice president, in effect. And God allowed him to save his whole family. And perhaps even more significantly, he allowed him to the grace to forgive his brothers. He said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. For us to remember in this day and age in which we live when so much bad stuff happens. And you're like, why, God, what are you doing? But if we could look at it from the end and look back, we would see God's hand everywhere. I know there have been some really rough times in my life where I've been like, where are you, God? You're nowhere. And then I look back and I'm like, he was here all the time, you know. When I graduated from college, I thought that it was going to be fairly simple to get the full-time job so I could buy a house, so I could get married and have a family and raise them to glorify God. I had no idea what God had in store for me. I had no idea that uh, this radio thing that I've loved since I was seven years old would become a part of a ministry that he allowed me to build with his help and the help of his saints. No idea about that when I graduated from college. And yet God has done great things. So I want to encourage you to be patient and let God work in your life. And now, Adam, could you? Sh- There's a couple um, passages of Scripture on the bottom of our notes here. Could you read the first one? This comes from Psalm 37:7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. And that's. Uh, Psalm 37, 7. And isn't this one appropriate for this day and age? Because as we look at forward to the presidential election, uh, there's not a lot of hope. There's a lot of worry and angst. And if I didn't know who holds the future, I don't know what I would do. I would probably be bald because I'd be pulling my hair out <laughs> right now. Um, but I know that whatever happens in the political process, God is in control. Now, in some ways, that's tough to grasp because God was God is just as much in control today as he was in uh, Nazi Germany. And so sometimes atrocities happen for purposes that we don't understand. And so I'm not saying that it's going to be easy because God's in control, but I can say with absolute confidence that nothing will happen to me without God say so. Um, the book of Job shows us that. You know, Job was a righteous man. Um, and the devil said, well, he's only righteous because you gave him stuff. And so God says to the devil, okay, you can take his stuff, but don't touch his health. And then he says, then he takes his kids and Job still 
Oh, I trust God. And then God says, well, you can take his health, but don't kill him. Every time, the devil had to get permission from God to do something. And that, to me, is a comforting thought. All right. And our final verse? Comes from Romans 5, verses 3 through 4. And not only so, but we glory glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Okay, this is this is a, a good one, too, because we often don't realize that there is a purpose. Because tribulation worketh patience. And we glory in tribulations. See, a lot of times we think of tribulations, or another verse where Paul says, Oh, glory in my infirmities. We think of physical infirmities as something to get out of, something to be healed from as quickly as possible so we can move on. But a lot of times, God will not remove whatever it is from us, but he will walk with us through it. And it's through that that we develop patience. And that's probably why people say, um, you know, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now, but don't give me opportunities to be patient. Just skip that and give me the patience. Because a lot of times when you ask for opportunities to be patient, he will give them to you, or ask for patience, he will give you opportunities to be patient, and you won't be very happy about that. But the ultimate reality is that he's growing you into a better person. And then patience um, gives us experience. We look back through life experiences, and we can see what God has done for us as we have occasionally gotten this road right, this Christian life right. And then we also have the hope, hope for now, that God has us in his hand. Uh, He says, no man shall ever pluck you out of my hand. And hope for the future, that he is coming again. He said to the disciples, I'm coming in like manner as you have seen me go. And so we can have confidence that he indeed is coming. Do you have any final thoughts on patience as we wrap up this show? Just if you're struggling with having it, then go to him to ask for it because <laughs> he is the one who gives out that virtue. And just keep in mind that, you know, God always provides. It just might not be in the moment that we're expecting. And if you're going through something right now that's really hard or really rough, you, you, you see in the Bible where for each person, for each story that was recorded and written, that even in their hardest of circumstances, eventually it did change you just have to be patient. So if you're going through something right now that's just hard and, and it's a tribulation, just keep in mind it, it won't always be that way. Just stay patient until we see why it happened. And eventually it's going to change. And on a, on a slightly more humorous note as we end, and I hope people don't aren't offended that I decided to end on a humorous note, <laughs> one way that I often think about patience is with Michigan weather uh, because <laughs> it changes a lot and – even this year, it felt like it was going to be cold forever. You know, we had a couple warm days, and then we had to dig out our warm clothes again. But as I always tell people, spring always follows winter, and summer always follows spring because that's God's promise. The seasons are a promise from God, and just like the seasons of the weather are promises from God, so are the seasons of life. We sometimes have winters in our lives, but they're always followed by springs because God is faithful. All right, well, that's what we have for you this week. We hope that you will continue to listen and share with your friends, and we hope that you have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 